Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Already Is Workmanship podcast. Uh, today, I have my friends Dell. Hi, Dell. Hey, Todd. How's it going? And uh, Zach with me as well. Morning, Zach. Hey, brother. Good morning. God bless you. Guys. Um, today, we are discussing uh, in our continuing spiritual foundation stuff. Um, step eleven, and step eleven is a sought through prayer meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And the correlating uh, scriptural verse is, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Um, and, and today I wanted to discuss uh, with my friends here and myself, um, this is like, what is it about step 11 Um that really changes our lives, right? For me, um, these last three steps, 10, 11, or 12, are probably where I've spent the most time in recovery doing stuff because it's all daily work. It's all something I do intentionally every day. Um, but this one is a big deal for me. I, I found that um, I have to do a few really important things for me to be able to effectively uh, connect with God and meditate on, on Him. Um, I almost always have to get out into nature for myself. That's where I hear best from him. I always have to make sure I don't have technology on. Like I'm not listening to a podcast. I'm not listening to music. I just have quietness there. And then I like pray and meditate on something specific. So um, for years it was like, I'll get stuck on like a portion of the serenity prayer. Um, Like I probably spent two years just meditating on um accepting the world as it is not as i would have it because i really struggle with that a lot right or um just those little things there right they're just like really sink in with me so i don't know if i'm just hard-headed or it just takes me a long time to understand something and incorporate it into my life but um recently it's been um my realization that like my standard way of interfacing with the world is thinking of how i can cope with it rather than accepting it right so um the little things i do that are uh like trying to step into the background rather than the foreground of everything i'm in so i'll meditate on like how can i how can i exist today without doing that like what does that look like in a relationship with my wife or with my kids or or those things and like listen to god tell me like hey this is what you need to do today, you know, in these gentle ways. So um, I spent a lot of time doing that. Then I will read my Bible, but then I'll get stuck on a verse and I'll end up having to um, just stick with that verse for a really long time for me to really sink it in. So um, that happens to me quite often where something will capture me and um, I'll be like, oh, that's really important. Uh I need to like really pray on that one. Um, uh, yeah, so so that's kind of where I roll on a daily basis. Um, Del, why don't we go with you first on what you do, and then we'll go over to uh, Zach. Yep, yep. So I, um, you know, step eleven is an interesting one for me, um, especially when I look at um, the verbiage that allowed me to explore you know Todd we had talked about how um, I started meditation and biofeedback and around I think it was about sixth or seventh grade and through my recovery you had always told me it's just good that you meditate it's great that you meditate because I never understood how easy that transition from meditation to prayer and, and the daily regime could be but I just remember um, the linguistics of step 11 prior to, you know, back in the more atheist agnostic days of God, as we understood him. And that was just those words, as we understood him were so key to me into bridging that gap. It gave me that bridge that I needed to say, okay, start with the meditation. Let's see where it comes um, before the undeniable forces came. Um, so as far as the, uh, the morning, um, binding things i wake up like we've i've said before i wake up every day and i start with um some sort of motivational uh 
um, prayer. And I, I usually use the YouTube and just really helps me understand that, you know, I'm starting the right way. I have no idea what's going to happen today. Be grateful for today. And, you know, we know that life's going to happen today and just really understand that I'm not going to be able to control it all, that there's a plan for me. And, you know, every single day, as long as I do that, right when I wake up, um, it just really puts the ingredients I need to make it a, a successful day. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we get upset, but understanding I can't control it. Don't get mad. And, uh, and just know that, you know, if there's hard times, I'm, I just know that I'm being challenged rather than the world's out to get, get to me. So um, that's really what I do. I do some evening things now too. I have the Bible app that does the prayer of the day. So around seven 38, I'll be sitting on the couch that comes up and, you know, just needs me to do another good 20 minutes. So, um, but that, that's really the, the foundational aspects that I try to do. Well, that I do do every single day, right. When I wake up and in, 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 in the, and in the evenings as well, Todd. Cool. Uh, Zach, um, I know you have a really good, um, thing that you do. I really appreciate what you shared with me. So, um, <laughs> I'm I'm sitting here thinking I want to I want to thank God that I'm here because me and Todd had been trying to get together and finally yeah you know, God has us doing different things and finally I get to come on and listen it's a blessing to me um it was great to listen to you guys and what you do because we all have different gifts we all have different uh, rhythms right and hopefully God's out front um sought to do prayer and meditation um now I look back on the, my journey God has taken me on and uh, I was listening to the brother share about early days and I, I can reflect on how short the time was I spent and the word sought, you know, seeking, you know, he's always seeking us, but I wasn't really seeking him in the beginning as much as I, and my mind can still go to, I'm not doing enough, but ideally um, I started learning uh, about three or four years ago. I did a devotional, a uh, uh, small group with a friend of mine, Chad Cross. He's um He's a good brother. He went through a, a discipleship, recovery discipleship in Anniston, Alabama. And he uh, stopped me one day. I was going to church and I was in a Christian recovery group. And he said, are you reading your Bible? And I said, man, I tried. But, you know, I, I, I was raised in Catholicism and I would try to read the King James in prison and wasn't really hitting for me. Like I knew Genesis really well, but I didn't even know to start reading in the, in the New Covenant. I had no idea I was. I was saved and I was going to a Christian group. So he encouraged me. And this was the, not the guy that I would have picked. Right. So, so I started reading the Bible every day, New Testament. And um, I'm in Ecclesiastes right now. I haven't, I haven't even actually read the Bible. I've been saved five years. I haven't even read it front to back yet, but I do get up every morning and uh, it's been a growing relationship. I get up and I do acts prayer, ACTS. It's a humble way to pray adoration, confession, Thanksgiving and supplication. Like I, um, uh, others focused, you know, even in my prayer, the prayer for myself gets shorter and shorter as I live with other fo others focused life. I don't, uh, not that I don't pray for myself. Um, I'm seeking God's will a lot more than I've ever had. And, and in the morning I pray, uh, for others a lot first, you know, I, um, I stay confessed up and actually I do my inventory in the morning, like, cause you can't do step 11 without step 10. So I do my inventory at night, it's short, and then I do my inventory in the morning when I have clarity. I'm a lot clearer in the morning when God is with me early in the morning when I pray. Used to be a couple minutes, I'd read a devotional, I'd be out the door like the brother was sharing, like, and I would go be doing the world's work. Uh, now, it's not that the attacks aren't there, that I don't have, uh, you know, the flesh isn't there. I just, I spend about 15, 20 minutes in prayer in the morning. And then I get up and I try to be of service. So I have uh, right now I'm reading Tim Tebow's devotional. It's got scripture in it. And I read this thing called Radical Wisdom. Even my pastors at church know I'm in recovery. They know I, I have been, God's been blessing me. I've been feeding myself spiritually with devotionals. Used to be 12-step fellowships like NA and AA and Hazeltons. Now all my devotionals are scriptural in nature, but they're 12-step in nature because they're scriptural. You know, I don't see things as different. You know, to me, that's through conscious contact, I, I got a different understanding. Um, so I'm of service in the morning and then um, pretty much transitioned full time into ministry work um, where now God has to tell me instead of telling me to go to ministry work. He's telling me to go to work to pay my bills so I can do ministry work. It's it's funny how that conscious contact um, and knowledge of God's will, uh, it, it changes your whole life. 
Um, and then I'm, I'm in service and we pray all day long. I mean, we pray for others. We get people in treatment. Guys call struggling. Hey, put your hand on your heart. We're going to pray. You know, we're going to pray about that. You know, what's the word say about that? And um, those kind of things I never thought in a million years. They say life beyond your wildest dreams. I never thought in a million years I'd be walking, touring churches with pastors, talking about recovery ministries, um, hearing their life stories, being equipped uh, through a step 11 and step 12 and 10, 11 and 12 every day. God is doing a greater work than I could ever imagine where we're now equipped through the experience of recovery and this deeper understanding and relationship with God through the Holy Spirit that we're able to influence and help pastors that have the catch 22 and can't be transparent. Um, I mean, that's my daily practice. Um, and in every season, it's it's very reliable. Like um, with my wife, the things she's going through with fear and stuff now and the, and the things I'm going through with transition in the full-time ministry, my own fears and doubts and um, all that stuff. I mean, step 10, 11, and 12 is where it's at. And 11, my quiet time, this is the part I struggle with right here, Todd. Well, in my mind, I struggle, but God's not struggling. I, my quiet time in meditation is always on the word of God. So I hear God the best when I'm reading scripture. Like you said, I'll meditate on one scripture. My quiet time is not in nature. That would be great. I'm a city boy. I love nature. Um, I, I try to do that once a year on my, um, you know, my my step 10 where I reflect on a whole year, you know, my birthday or my, my anniversary. But what I do do is in the shower and in the car, it's quiet. And when it's quiet, I hear him, you know, and um, and I read, I read scripture. And I like to say I read at night. I used to read 20 minutes at night, like he was saying. But my nighttime patterns out of um, not obligation, but of choice to do other things, sometimes for ministry, sometimes for flesh. I uh, I haven't been reading at night like I should at something. But ideally, I, I read 15, 20 minutes at night um, in bed with my wife when I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm yeah. leading the right way. When I'm not doing the right thing, she goes to bed early. And she's been going to bed early for quite some time, and that's not good for me. You know, and it's not good for my connection, my conscious contact at all, because then the guilt that I did the, he, the communications the other way, and he's going, you're doing the wrong thing, and I'm rebelling again. So um, that's just some honesty for you that we all fall yeah. short. But, you know, it's, it's, it's progress. You know, it's spiritual progress. So I know he's telling me he's doing his job. I got to surrender and submit and do what he's calling me to do and be a leader yeah. um, through, through that contact, my 11th step every night. Yeah. So a couple of things in there, right? So um, I found like, a, I know like 10 years ago, a friend of mine shared in one of his uh, testimonies is like, you know, I realized I can start my day over again. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Sure. Right. And like, okay that, that's what i do right i'll be like oh man like spent the first three hours like addicted to my phone or doing something that's totally not helpful for me at all i'm like oh i need to start my day over again right i'll start feeling like the negative emotions right i'll start feeling restless irritable discontent uh depression despair anxiety and be like oh yeah right like but my heart isn't like in this in this thing of like make, making sure I'm in conscious contact with God. So I understand what he has for me and what he wants me to do. Well, no, I shouldn't do that. Well, you just described, you just described his conscious contact. How many times yeah. have you went to share and you felt anxiety? This is for my non-believers, my guys struggling yeah. with relationship. They, I yeah. always go, well, do you get nervous before you share? And they go, yes. I said, what do you call that? They say anxiety. I said, no, no, no. I said, that feeling will never go away. It'll always be with you. Sounds like scripture to me. So when I'm yeah. anxious or I'm nervous, that's a good thing because all I need to do is have a perspective shift and go, that's God. He's with me. Yeah. I got to surrender. I don't got to plan what to say. I got to pray to him and say, you know what? Take it. More yeah. of you, less of me. And let me be and, honest, Let me practice my principles, you know? Yeah. And when I feel those feelings, it's like, it's like the blinkers from God telling me like, oh, hey, like. <laughs> You know what to do now. You get to rely on me again to get through this rather than trying to yep. do it all on your own, right? So um I have this thing where I like, you know, while I'm trying to do and accomplish stuff, I try to do it on my own. And then I'll realize like, oh, I need to be submitted to God, then I'll stop trying to do and accomplish things, right? And like trying to do and accomplish things and be submitted to God, that's like that's what I'm like trying to do all the time. And it feels like I 
overcorrect all the time and I have to be corrected back and forth between the two pretty continuously. Um, but, but that's there, right? And so, and then like, I wanted to share like, like when I get stuck on stuff, right? So I've been stuck on this verse for like two weeks now and I just can't, can't wrap my head around it. I just have to keep on like like meditating on it and it's this uh it's a uh, god's mis- business is putting things right he loves getting the line straight setting us straight once we're standing tall we can look him straight in the eye that's from the message version it's uh uh psalms 11 7 right and so i keep on like just meditating on this and going like you know what does it mean to look god straight in the eye what does it mean for me to be straight um and i just can't like wrap my head around it right so um but that's what happens for me when i like find something that's chunky i just have to keep on digging into it to to wrap it into my life and then um when i do this right like so um what i want to encourage people to do in this step is find where god is like you're connecting like you have that conscious contact all the time so I found mine like four years ago, I started kayaking in the morning on the lake. And I realized that when I'm away from technology and, and quiet stuff, especially in nature, um, that that's when I really have the conscious contact with God, right? Uh, right now, my house is too crazy because I have like two young boys and there's just so many easy distractions for me that I get distracted and I can't hear from God anymore. So um but that's why i end up doing the stuff i do because i know i can i can effectively leave all my distractions behind by doing that so um but that's me like it has to be in that quiet space and then um you know in step eight there's the step eight promises right that like we'll suddenly realize what god is doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves and that's that happens when i'm in those walks right where there's all these situations where i don't understand how to handle uh the relational situation with with some difficult thing and then i'll be there and i'll be like oh that's what i'm supposed supposed to do right and it's always this conscious contact with god you had a question from my brother um and that's this goes to what you're talking about hearing from god and you say in nature i can relate to that and it wasn't until i got into sponsorship that i understand god talking to me um, in service work, but Dell had said something about, um, as we understood him. And I know, um, I understand that as a great thing. And God just gave this to me in 11 step work uh, about six months ago, Dell. It's not, it's not as we understood him. It's as it's what we can comprehend, you know, like it, it's him talking to us. And this is how big our ego is and pride. It's like, Oh, I got to understand him. Or under how I understood him, and it really means to me, this is for me, is how the world or my experience affects my relationship with God. The pain that I still associate with more than my gift, because like Todd was talking about, like I'm in nature, I hear him. Well, we're, that's like garden stuff. Like I'm in the garden, I you know. But he, when he put us in the garden, he gave us purpose too, you know. So when I get in my purpose and my gifting. And this is where people early in their walk struggle because it's still about them. So I hope this blesses someone. Having a others focus and getting your feet in service from a coffee commitment to coming early, to staying late, the meeting before the meeting, the meeting after the meeting, that is like spiritual. It's like the kindergarten because the people that come early and, and the meeting makers make it. So the people that come and create the environments, right? It's like Peter and John when he said, hey, go prepare you know, for the meal. Go make the environment. God gives you all the ingredients. He already knows where you need to be and he'll put you where you need to be. And you just simply set the atmosphere, you know, and that is so fundamental of a 12 step program. But then to serve outside the group, to go where the lost are. And when you go serve, that conscious contact is so loud and so real. It's like when people practice principles in the room and honesty happens in the room, confession and repentance happens in the room, not conforming to the world, but being honest in the room of recovery. You cannot tell me you don't feel the Holy Spirit wash over that place. And you can outline it. You can say, you guys feel that? I'd be in the room. And be like, <laughs> yeah, we, they'd be like, yeah, we feel it. I'm like, don't run from it. That's, that's God right there. And some people, the enemy spirit will get people up and take them out the room. And I'll be like, you think he left the room? 
No, that was the thing that don't want to be delivered left the room. (laughs) You know, know, it's a spiritual program. So conscious contact is recognized where we hear him best. Like that was a valuable point that Todd made. I, I hear him best in nature. Well, I hear him best in service where I'm at my walk. And hopefully that continues to mature and I get spiritual progress in that area. Like, you know, I continue to get a new experience and know my gifting better, my calling better, get closer to him, do his work well. All the stuff that the Christian basis of step work, it to me where I'm at, it's so evident. It's a scriptural, you know, it comes from the word of God. Some people, they don't see that because as they understood him, Del, right, is still yeah. of a natural perspective of what they can do. And it's like, well, and step two, we turn it over. Like, you know, three, seven, <laughs> yeah. eleven, we give him the wheel, you know, it's like every day, yeah. here you do it, you know, and I'm gonna be the vessel and you you work. And it's like that's yeah. a foreign concept that people are early on. Yep. Um, I think one of the other things in this that um, like like that that's important is that like figuring it out portion, right? And like some of the stuff you talked about, like the service things, right? Like, um, a lot of those things are way more important than almost anything else, right? Like. Like, don't downplay doing something like greeting people at a meeting. Like, you know, the first time I went to a meeting, uh, the person who greeted me was, uh, that was really the first time I felt like unconditional love on this earth, right? It was the first time I walked into a meeting and got greeted by somebody and just loved on, right? So um, there's a lot of things that we just don't even understand how impactful they are on others, um when we're doing these things right but um eventually they tell us and we're like oh my gosh like i had no idea thank you for for doing that um i also um hear from god really all the time when um i'm having open honest conversations with others right um i find that when i talk about how i'm feeling especially when it's like struggling or i'm afraid or those things um god really opens up the door to everything so i know dell's had that experience with me lots of times right or i talk about oh man i'm miserable today because i'm full of fear (laughs) and then that opens everything up for him so um um i think dell like i think you have like I think your exercise is probably the other place that you hear from God all the time, whether or not you realize it or not, just yeah. knowing you and your practices and like um, that. So oh, would you talk about that a little bit, like how like your like commitment to that gets you out of your head? Cause I know that that consistently helps you. Yeah, you know, I'd always played sports, always been athletic. And and when you go and you start uh, doing your inventory, you, you start making timelines of your life. And there's um, there's a definite correlation in when I'm exercising and when I'm eating right to how I'm living, right? Um, and I remember in my hardest times, um, I used, you know, Tanya would always say, Hey, you want to go to the gym today? And, you know, I'm hiding a hangover and just down in the dumps and stuff. So, um, you know, the exercise and just that output, um, just really helps me. And it is funny that you bring this up all the time because I've got a, uh, 11 minute version of the, uh, Waymaker song that I learned from you and Logan when you guys used to play it. And, I, I know I'm the only one in the gym blasting Waymaker because it's that's I use that as the last minute, 11 minutes of every workout. Well, nearly every workout that I do. And it just brings me to a point um, of serenity and then also appreciation of I'm grateful for everything. I'm grateful that I have both my feet. I'm grateful that. I have the ability to exercise. I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm, that I'm in that state. Um, so I think that um, most of the people that I do know in recover ha- recovery have turned to some form of exercise, challenging themselves and, and being in that moment. And just recently I've extended it. Well, 
the last like two years, I've extended it to what is the last 11 minutes of my workout? Why? And just that gratitude that I'm able to do it now. Um, I was in a really, really bad state before that there was just no way. I remember when I got out of, uh, last point is I remember I got out of rehab and I went on the treadmill and I walked for 22 minutes at three miles an hour with an elevation of two. And I was sore for four days. And that was the beginning. And let's just say, you know, was able to do a marathon in 2019. Um, so, you know, it's just been a foundation foundation and a just important part of my life is that, that expenditure. Yeah. I think you hit on a, a, a big thing. It's like, um, you know, of course, physiologically, we feel better when we work out. And I, listen, I started out 20, 2023 20, every other day doing my crunches, push-ups. I'm real athletic. And, you know, I've always, you know, I got a basketball tournament coming up. But, <laughs> nice. um, you know, I I, I you know, start training a young kid, but it's not the priority for me anymore. The inside work is. But when I'm, I'm working out, when I do, I feel better because it, it's, it's agreeing with God's will to take care of my temple. You know, it's holy and pleasing to God. And which is my spiritual works, but how I take care of my body. So outwardly, we stop hurting ourselves with substances. We stop cussing. He starts taking things away from us. We start honoring his temple. But what we see early on in recovery is people run to that. And as they're working out, what are they listening to? Like, yes, a perfect opportunity, which you hit on, is like when I'm when I'm agreeing with God's will physically, am I compromising him what I'm taking in my ears and my eyes? Am I left yep. the gym looking at the butts and fantasizing, lusting? And looking for intimacy physically because I don't have it spiritually or am I listening to the word of God? Am I listening to the scripture I need to catch up on? Am I listening to the sermon? Am I listening to a podcast? Am I feeding myself spiritually when I'm working out and aligning with God's yeah. word? Am I compromised? Am I, am I split? You know, am I double-minded? And, and so many young brothers, they go to the gym and I say, yo, I tap them on the shoulder. They're all big or, you know, someone wants to start and I go, are you feeding the inside? as much as you're feeding yep. outside, you know, cause a lot of times they, it's a substitution. It's another form of addiction, but as long as we're feeding the spirit or at least seeking God, you know, spiritually, like, you know, cause it says sought through prayer and meditation, improve our conscious contact sought. So, you know, if, if I'm feeding myself, you know, the right food spiritually and physically, I'm lying. If I'm working out the outside and the inside, I'm aligned in like Romans 12, it talks about, you know, turning, you know, your body is your spiritual worship, but it's what we do, our practices. So when you said, yeah, I'm listening to Waymaker and working out, I'm over here like, yeah, I'm cheering you on. I'm like, double dip, double down on that, man. You know, yep. line up, line up, come into agreement with him, you know? Yep. It's awesome. Yeah, my musical choice has changed greatly over the last uh, six and a half years. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I don't listen to anything else. But I can't. Christian rap. Yeah. Nothing else goes in my ears. And when it's yeah. on, I'm like, I, my spirit don't agree with it. I'm like, ah. And yeah. I think back, like I reflect, like you reflect on your sports history. I reflect on what I used to feed myself and why I struggled. And now it's like revelation. It's like, no wonder I struggled. Look what I was doing with my time and what I was immersed in. You know, it's like, wow. Yeah, like our entire world is designed to get us to try to reject God, right? Like, like this basically everything, right? Like, if Dell and I just talked about that, we would talk about it for like thirty six podcasts in a row because it's yes, like our, our daily struggle, right? Uh, of that, and it, and it doesn't matter what worldly thing it is; it's, it's all kind of a distraction away from me doing the spiritual warfare I need to do on a daily basis. So, um, and these practices are always going to bring us to, um, our spiritual needs, right? Like when we need to be there, right? Like I know you hit your spiritual knee in your journey. What was it? Mile 21 in your, uh, <laughs> when you ran by your, uh, yep. when you ran by your, um, Recovery my center, rehab, yeah, rehab center, right? Yep. So, like, I don't know I think about that all the time because it was like one of the most impactful things that happened in my relationship with you is you telling me about like, like, just having like that that true interaction with God. I don't even know if you knew it at the time, 
that that was like this like beautiful pure interaction with god where god's like here you know i, I brought you here twice because like i'm taking care of dell right yeah. so um yeah. uh, which is just like one of the coolest things uh that, that was there so um yeah <laughs> the the last part of this the the um no matter how we connect with God, I think it's really important to write stuff down, right? Um, uh, whenever I have an important interaction with God, I'll write it down, uh, have a prayer around it or, or do it. So um, because I forget really easily um, what's going on, right? Uh, and the less you hear from God, the more important it is to be writing it down, right? So I've had three distinct um, deserts, right? If you do this work, you're going to hit a spiritual desert where God doesn't talk to you pretty much at all for a long period of time. He's talking to you. You just don't understand what he's saying, right? Or at least that's my been my experience, right? And I'll look back on the prayers and what I was writing down on what I prayed I needed at those times. And I'm like, who wrote that? Because that does not sound like me, Right. Um, but they're like foundational things that happen in these areas and, um, doing this practice every day during those times is going to bring you gifts beyond all imagination. Right. So my three spiritual deserts, the first one, um, I got, uh, the freedom from my past and I feel, like like i don't resent or or am angry about the past anymore i can accept it and it, it is and i feel god protecting me and taking care of me through my past uh the second one was a um thing with the present like i couldn't exist in the presence at all and uh what god does to have me anchored in the present is gives me gratitude and i just have to dig into the gratitude to be present with whatever was going on um, particularly relationally. And then my last one I got was uh, fear of the future, right? I got freedom from fear of the future through doing this because I was just so afraid of the future um, for so many years, right? And I think that's, I got that that final one like uh, 18 months ago, two years ago. So it's still sinking into me, right? So, um, but, but I want to encourage everybody because like it's there, right? And it happens in pretty regular intervals. Uh, if you're sober five years, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, kind of hits at those regular intervals, right? Um, so uh, just that encouragement that that's, it's okay if you hit five years and you're as miserable or more miserable than you have ever been in your entire life, right? Well, that is what God does, right? As, as we get, when we get healthy enough to deal with, something god will let us start dealing with it and it feels like it happens in pretty regular intervals so um i'll let you guys talk about that uh, to kind of finish out our things there but your experiences with hitting these times where all of a sudden a floodgate opens and you're dealing with other stuff so uh, i'll go to you first del um uh, yeah i'm not even sure where to uh where to start on that one um todd what what was the overall question i was emotionally wrapped up into what you were saying <laughs> and then well, there's for, i've had a couple epiphanies on this uh podcast too so yeah um well for you i was thinking specifically around like sometimes like about five six years into everything um you had to deal with all the stuff that happened with your parents that was yeah. your trial during your like during that time where you became the rock for your family. So that was like my experience with you that I think yeah. of like that is when everything like changed for you and God had you there to deal with all these things. Um, but you can yeah. also share about how you were emotionally wrapped up in what I was saying too. That's totally fine as well. So, well, yeah, there's a few epiphanies there. Um, but I think what, just like you described, just knowing that, um, you know, I lost both my parents in 2019 and 2020 and the circumstances around the restrictions of seeing my mom was, um, uh, 
very empowering. And I leaned on a lot of people. And during that time, you realize who's in your life. Who are you leaning on? They're all Christians. They're all people of faith. Um, and so it's just one of those things that became undeniable that God is reaching out to me through these people to give me the strength to deal with what I'm going through, losing both parents. And, um, you know, that's powerful. Right. And then, so it just comes to that point where you get through, you start to recover and you just never forget. You just always reflect back of, you know, there was no atheist knocking on my door asking me how I'm doing. Right. None of those friends were there. Any of my friends that I used alcohol to bridge a fictitious relationship. They weren't there. It was the people that I used to argue with telling them, you know, disrespecting their beliefs that were all there for me. And, you know, people like you, there's no coincidence that you come from Colorado. We meet in a bar and can't even remember the year, right? I've got two people that survived lymphoma, lymphoma that was just, you know, there for me during these times. So that's where we talked a little bit earlier about just, just let it be quiet and listen to the undeniable forces taking place in your life. And then you get guided spiritually. And uh, that's why I wake up in the morning every morning and do what I do. Yeah. What about you, uh, uh, Zach? Uh, I'll finish everything up. Oh, you're on mute, Zach. I was listening to you talk. My dogs were barking. I was uh, listening to you talk, and I was um, it was spot on. You know, it was spot on. I even wrote it down: past, present, and then trials. I wrote it, and then in the past, I wrote forgiveness, and in the present, I wrote grace, and in in the trials, I wrote purpose. You know, like count it all joy. I'm looking at my devotional, James one two. It says, "My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials." It says, "When." <laughs> Yeah. So I can remember specific. I'm a tangible guy. So I, I'm a 12 step guy and I'm a Christian, but I'll tell you what, um, God used, used trial. I, I have six and a half years sober, six and a half years clean, depending on what tradition you're following and what language you're in. I was six and a half years substance free completely. And God, I remember God delivering me, um, in prison. I never had the compulsion to use after I got out of treatment. I had I was on home pass and I was nine and a half months sober, uh, four and a half months of jail, four and a half months of treatment in a treatment center that's closed down, brother. So when you said you ran by the treatment center, every yeah. treatment center that I was affiliated with that had some kind of part of my story where I'm heading out, it's closed down and we're we're in a, a call to help people, you know, but yeah. the things that helped us are no longer available. It's crazy yeah. how the world, it's no surprise. The world is, is always, you know, it's principality. So. I remember coming home and my brother was cutting my hair when I had more hair. And um, I remember him packing a pack of cigarettes and this overwhelming feeling, this urge or craving came over me. Even the way they teach craving now is funny. They're on other drugs and they teach them they're having cravings and that's not true. <laughs> you only get a craving. I'm an advocate for love and truth. You only get a craving when you're abstinent. So this craving washed over me, and I remember God humbling me. I used to teach this class in treatment. I knew all the information, but I didn't have a new heart, and I, I, I was better than or than these people. You know, this era of self righteousness, and God humbled me. I, I taught this class on audio sensory triggers. You know, audio, visual, smell, taste, touch, all this stuff. You know, and I was like, oh, that'll never happen to me. The ego, and I got home on pass, and my brother was packing a pack of cigarettes. I hadn't smoked in nine plus months. And when I say this craving washed over me, I never wanted to hurt myself more. I never wanted to put something in me more. And I remember they taught me stuff, Christian principles. They said, hey, be a learner. They said, tell yourself you're valuable. It'll pass. Tell yourself the truth. It'll flee from you. And I never had a craving again. And I don't tell people that because they'll think they don't have to go to meetings. They don't have to do step work. Yeah. They don't have to participate right now. God's going to do it all for me now. So then I'm um, six and a half years clean and I don't give myself a lot of credit. I'm six and a half years clean and I'm, I serve anytime someone asks me, I go to meeting anytime someone asks me, I did a fifth step in a treatment with my counselor before I got out of treatment and I had, I'm in step work and principles 
um, in and out, not as consistent as I am now. And I, and I got the spiritual um, turmoil that come with that. And I was had a better job than I've ever had. I had a better relationship with my family as far as me and the rock of my family. I was in better, better physical conditioning. And things started to fall down around me, you know, and this guy reached out and, um, you know, we went and served together at our alumni meeting and he um, he needed help. He reached out to me one day and I wasn't of service to the level I am today. I wasn't available, others focused and I wasn't sponsoring men. And I knew what he was struggling with. He was dating a guy, a girl that was using and he was a counselor, had degrees and he never dealt with some past pain that he had that I could see that I could help him with that spiritual eye even not saved. I had that spiritual, I had that gift. And I said, nah, man, it had to be another day, you know, come to find out that was the day. So I go to this recovery group because he was going to the church. And I'll tell you what, when he passed away and he was going to the church, I attend now, it affected me so deeply. And you said, God, as you understood him, right? Well, I, my God, yeah. my understanding was a cruel God, you know, that he was real and I wasn't good enough. I'll tell you what, he was so good to me. He spoke to me just how I understood it. And I went to this meeting and I remember a year and a half into this meeting, I had learned enough that, you know, I had learned enough about principles in 12 step fellowship that these guys said it was their meeting. And I said, man, they don't even know it's God's meeting. I'm going to stay here. I can help these guys. So God kept me there. Right. Hmm. And I remember thought thinking I had forgiven my dad many times, you know, mixed messages, you know, abuse, all that stuff. And my dad, I got a lot of good out of my dad. Like my understanding today is he did the best with what he had. His dad left him at two, all that stuff, right? But I remember talking about my dad and I got emotional and I hadn't cried about my dad in a long time. And I remember crying in the meeting and, and this guy I was sponsoring at the time, the first guy I ever said yes to, he turned to me in the meeting and he said, man, I thought you had your stuff together. I might have the wrong one. Because <laughs> <Right? laughs> I cried in the meeting. And... um. And I remember reaching out to my network. I had been trained by God through the 12-step fellowship to reach out to my network and say, look, man, this is what happened. What's going on with me? I'm confused. Like, you know, I don't know, like Todd was talking about, I don't know what's going on with me. And my understanding as I understood God was maybe there's some stuff I haven't talked about that's caused some pain I haven't talked about because that was my understanding of God. Like I had to give it to him. And I had never had this form of communication with God before since we're on 11 step. And it was confusing to me. It really was. So I remember for the next year and a half, I served diligently. I remember going to RCA and there's this long mile in, in Bracebridge Hall in Maryland. And there's this long mile. And I remember going in and this guy I'm discipling now, I didn't even know what that word meant then. He said, you can come share at our process group. I said, well, how long do I got to share? He said, hour and 45 minutes if you can keep their attention. I had never shared for more than 20, 30, 40 minutes. And I, not that I was insecure about it because I was in a place where I got a lot to say, you know? So I remember that conscious contact. I'm driving in, right? I'm driving in and I'm praying. I mean, reverent prayer. Hey, don't let me leave nothing out. Use me, you know? Let me, let me. So I go in there and I share. And I mean, from the time I can first remember and I had to cut the joy short, I shared for an hour and 45 minutes. And I never forget. He came up to me after the counselor, both counselors. They came up to me and he said, yo, how did you get that understanding of your history? He said, I'm a counselor. He said, I don't under, he said, yo, can you sponsor me? And I giggled and I said, call me tomorrow. He got the Christian book. He did step one. And for whatever reason, we didn't meet him. He's, he's never done the work and he still struggles. And he'd been through AA and the Christian 12 step book. It's different. It has spiritual guidance, same principles. So I'm talking to my mentor, long story short, cause I could talk about it all day a year and a half after I cried in group. And this guy God used in my 12 step step study on Friday nights, sometimes through COVID, it was just me and him. And this was a two, two, three years ago. And he goes, and we're talking about my dad. Right. And I got this last supper picture because I played a self pity sometimes with my dad and, and maybe he's not saved. This and that the enemy gets a foothold. And he said, he had a what picture and his spiritual gifts, extra uh, exhortation. So he said, go get the picture. I got it reframed. It's in my walkthrough area. Right. And uh, he had a picture of JFK and a picture of Last Supper. And he grew up in the projects and he made good money. He was a bullet maker, but he wouldn't buy new stuff. So I'm sure he found this felt picture of the Last Supper on the side of the road somewhere. And he's had it ever since I was a kid. So I come into the Zoom like this and I show him the picture. And we're talking one-on-one -on -one fellowship with God. We're talking about my feelings and stuff. And he goes, he goes, you're telling me he had that picture 
hanging on his wall and he looked at it every night. And you're telling me he, he don't know Jesus just because you didn't see his behavior change. And we started talking about that time I cried. And he said, yo, man, he said, but you've been serving for almost two years and your dad, you've been sharing that message because I'll share my whole story with people. And he goes, yo, man, they weren't tears that you were holding on to something. He said, they were tears of freedom. It's gone. It's no longer there. Like Todd was talking about, you're new. Like in AA, it talks about living 12 and 12, living two lives in one lifetime, one before forgiveness and one after. And listen, it took two and a half, it took about two years for me to even recognize God's will in my life. Like I didn't, because I wasn't used to that. I had no idea what freedom felt like. And then purpose, man, when trials come up of any time, kind now, I go right to God. I go, oh, I know you're doing something because there should be resistance now. It shouldn't be like, it shouldn't be like, oh, I'm free and I'm forgiven <laughs> and I'm going to keep it for myself. When you get in the third stage and you get like he's talking about, you get in purpose. Let me tell you something. The attacks come everywhere, you know, but your faith is so much stronger. You know, it's like the shield of faith. You're like, you know, you're like, okay, your understanding is, well, okay, I know God, you know, I know, like he said, like when he was sharing earlier, Todd said, now God is going to deal with me or things are going to come up because I've surrendered to the process. I always tell guys, if you surrender to the 12-step process, God knows you surrendered and it's tangible. You write stuff down, you do the work and you surrender. And as you surrender, he reveals more to you. He reveals more to you. And that process never stops. It's constant sanctification. And then he will put you in situations where you just simply share your faith with people, unshakable, you know, in, Tim, for, in Second Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Just your faith alone will move mountains. I mean, it, it changes the dynamic of people. You know, just being able to say, yo, he's doing something. Somebody passes away, oh, I know where they're at. I'll see them later. You know, they would want me to continue to do what I'm doing, you know. And so when he said those three parts, I was blown away because when I reflect on my own story and everything God's done in my life, it it, it it had to be revealed to me through other people, like Dell said. Like people, it, it took fellowship for me to understand what God was doing. So don't think improving your conscious contact with God through prayer and meditation and, and knowing what God's will is for your life. It's written down in the word of God, but it is relational. You know, that relationship with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit is, is reflected through your relationships and your transparency with other people. So don't think for a second step study is not necessary. Service is not necessary. Um, sponsorship is not necessary because it's a two-way street. If you are not in relation with other believers, like Dell said, you are not in conscious contact with God. You just think you are. <laughs> you know. So I'm telling you, don't fool yourself. You know? Confess one to another. The prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. If you want, if you want to test and approve what God's will is for you, better be in community. And listen, you can be doing God's will so you think and be isolated and think you have community. I don't know. I've, I've felt more alone in service sometimes or on mission than I ever did out there in self-centeredness. Like because it's justifiable, you know. It's it's so scary, you know. And I and the guys call me. I'm like, so I thank God you called me because. I'm doing good and I'm in a bad spot. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's crazy how it starts to, it, it continues, like you said, to move forward and you still got to practice the principles and all your affairs. You got to practice them, you know, and you got to rely on them. And I'll tell you, I love my home group because we do step of the month and it keeps us in the work. It keeps us in practice. Like it keeps us teaching, you know, in progression because some people go to meetings and it's open share or open format. God put me in my home group because it's step of the month, it's service, it's outreach, step of the month. It's it's constant. It's a regiment of staying in the work. And I didn't even realize how why God put me in that process till, till about a year ago. It's like, man, I didn't even realize, like, once again, I didn't even realize what he was doing with me, you know, till later on, looking back. And it's like, oh, thank you, God. I'm grateful. Thank you. <laughs> like God said, yeah, you knew better than me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what it's always happening to me, right? And I've come to realize um, 
recovery is um sisyphus right it's pushing a rock up the hill and then having it roll back down every night and doing it again the next day and if i stop for a day the rock rolls further down the hill right and so uh and if i stop for too many days in a row it rolls off a cliff right and then i'm like desperate and like white knuckling it trying to stay sober again rather than living a full life right and... yeah but you're, you're in step 11 so when you don't serve or you don't pray you have yeah. this communication that is so powerful yeah. like you feel like your legs missing you know yeah. it ain't like you can lie to yourself no more and believe it you can't go no. oh i'm okay like in the beginning, no. oh, i'm okay i don't need to do that no. now when you don't do it you're like something ain't right <laughs> oh that's yeah right. i haven't yeah, talked it's... to nobody today yeah, it's like really early in my day and I'll feel hurting, exhausted, angry, resentful or tense or, you know, that's like those feelings that are like the feelings I know lead, they, they happen whenever I'm not doing the work, right? Uh, like, uh, like, oh yeah, like that's why I'm, this is where I'm at. I, I need to go do the work right now to be able to do anything else, right? Um. I want to close with one last thing because we're we're getting towards an hour now. Um, uh, I've come to believe, especially step 11, allows me to do step one well, right? It feels like all of the steps after step, like from four on, are just really geared so I can actually adequately do steps one, two, and three because I got enough garbage out of my way to actually give my life over to God, believe he exists and actually let him take control of my life. Like, I feel like that's what happens for me, right? I can't effectively do step one, two or three without getting the garbage out of the way. I, I have to do step one, two and three to even have the power to get the garbage out of the way. But as that happens, I actually can effectively do those things better. So um, for me, it's like a beautiful circle. It's not or a spiral like, like I'm always doing that stuff and the more I do it, the better I can actually do the work uh, of just relying on God. Right. So, um, so I, I want to close, but I'm going to ask Dell, like I always ask to see if he would like to pray because he has great prayers, even no, though I'll he's let, uncomfortable I'll, with it. I'll let the pros take over today. So <laughs> thank you though. I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> All right. Um, Lord, thank you so much for my dear friends and for this uh, important conversation. I just ask that you protect us, you guide us, um, that uh, anybody who's listening can have uh, your touch into their lives and that we can continue to live in this wonderful community and love one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.